This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Everybody loves game shows. Everybody has a podcast. I've got both. Hey, everybody. I'm Kyle Brandt, and my new show, 10 Questions, is a game show talk show. Athletes, movie stars, everybody will come on, not just to talk, they come on this show to compete. 10 questions that whether they know it or not are somehow inspired by a moment in their life or their career. 10 questions, 10 points, so much fun. Head over to Spotify and please subscribe to 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt. What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Trey Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. It's a surreal WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. Hey. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? I felt very radio-y. So yeah, good. good. Well, listen, we got a lot to talk about today. And in yes. the spirit of talk radio, of course, we're going to talk about SummerSlam. It's right around the corner. We're going to talk about NXT. Uh, we're going to have predictions and breakdowns of all that stuff. Before we do that, I want to hit on a couple of news bites. But at the top, just to give you a taste, mm. give me one big prediction about SummerSlam. One big prediction about SummerSlam. Okay, hold on. Let me lower this real quick. Um, one thing I've been thinking about is like they keep the, the tagline is you'll never see it coming. You'll never see it coming. So I'm like, all right, what what is what can they be referring to? Like, is it being in the Thunderdome? Is it like uh, a, a big title change? Is it like someone getting their eye poked out again? I don't know what they'll they'll never see it coming could be referring to. But I truly do believe that. There hasn't, I think we're going to start seeing some big returns, you know what I mean? Starting to come back. Like, I think the Thunderdome is going to really open the door for a lot of the people that we haven't seen since the the quarantine era start to make their returns, the, whether the, the Sami Zayn's, Brock Lesnar's, all the other stuff. And I saw a commercial when they first started showing the commercial for the Thunderdome that they showed a, a quick 
glance of the Usos, right? Who we also haven't seen in a while for, mm-hmm. for promoting SmackDown. I truly believe this SummerSlam, in some way, shape, or form, and maybe in in the sense of of the of the of the universal title picture, I think Big Dog season returns. Ooh. I think, I think the world and we've gone. The, our long national nightmare will hopefully be over by SummerSlam when the big dog Roman Reigns <laughs> makes his triumphant return somehow and wow. and somehow gets involved in the fiend new version of Braun Strowman as this monster, like these, this unstoppable tandem. Like I know a lot of people were talking about, well, okay, the fiend is the face now and, and Braun is mm-hmm. the heel and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. But I don't think it's any of that. I think they're eventually going to somehow join forces as this like monstrous, unstoppable, you know, otherworldly duo that was like controlled by the, 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 the puppet master that is the fiend Bray Wyatt. And I think it's going to open the door for, for a brand spanking new hero, a hero that we have been missing for a long time. Uh, a hero with some brand new teeth. Apparently, if you watch the, the r truth show on WWE Network. I think right now is the perfect time, health permitting, you know what I'm saying? And and hopefully the Thunderdome that they're premiering uh, tomorrow on, on SmackDown, you know, helps the, the permission of the health for a guy like Roman Reigns to get back in there. I think now is the perfect time to to bring him back and not even just bring him back, throw him right into a match at SummerSlam. I'm, I really feel like the WWE is masters of hiding things in plain sight. And saying you'll never see it coming as the tagline <laughs> makes me think <laughs> we'll never like. I feel like somehow, some way, I don't know in what way, shape, or form, Roman Reigns is walking out as a Universal Champion at SummerSlam. Wow! Okay. Somehow, some way. Well, now everybody happen. listening to this has uh, seen that coming. So or I could be, wow. I could be totally wrong. I could be totally wrong. But if I'm right, I mean, it'll be. It's. I don't know. I'm I'm one of the, I'm, I'm jumping out the window with this prediction, but I do feel like we'll get some we'll get some big dog season very very soon in the near future. Listen, a couple of things I want to touch on, and I appreciate that. I appreciate yes. that. That is a that is a serious prediction. That is a <laughs> that's like put it on the table sort of prediction, and we're going to talk more about that in a little bit. I like that one though. I hadn't even thought about Roman Reigns in a minute. So You'll okay, never see it coming. <laughs> now I have. Now I have. Uh, here's what I want to talk about. Renee Young is uh, is leaving WWE. Uh, no word on what she's going to do next. They've been WWE, at least Triple H was on a call, has been a little bit cagey about it. But I just want to say this. One, I assume she's moving on to greener pastures, whether or not those pastures are, are you know, uh, whether or not she's already, let's see, like planted her seeds in those pastures. Mm-hmm. You know, she has a bunch of fans out there. I mean, I, I know for a fact that part of the, the I mean, the, the the WWE backstage deal that was on Fox, that she was a linchpin in that. The folks at Fox really like her separate from like, you know, the WWE deal and everything. Who knows what's going to happen there? Right. I also know that she really has more, bigger ambitions in life. I mean, not bigger, not that one thing is bigger than another, but she's, you know, she has talked about doing other stuff. You know, she yeah. wants to act and all, you know, whatever. So we'll we'll see. I'm sure she's going to succeed. Here's the, here's what it gets me. She was perfect for backstage. WWE did a huge disservice, in my opinion, to that property when they decided to do the jump and like relaunch Raw Talk or whatever, like immediately. I mean, it's basically the same time or within it was shortly thereafter. Yeah. Of launching that show, yeah. they treated they treated backstage like it was a Fox property that they had to be competing with. You know, they had to prove that they could do their own thing. And if they had put everything into that show, if they had had if they had had any 
I mean, it's nuts. They were having like New Year. I forgot who it was. It wasn't McIntyre. Who who was the champ before that? Anyway, uh, somebody. Brock. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Maybe it was Mac. Anyway, I was watching. I remember watching one time in the new the new Universal Champion like moments at the day after he had won was mm-hmm. on the jump and he wasn't on. He wasn't on backstage that week. You know, you and the, it's bump, just like, the bump, the bump, the bump. Sorry, yeah, I'm thinking the NBA. <laughs> the, you're right. The I was bump, like the jump. It? No, the bump. Right, right, right. The I bump. Was, sorry, I was almost casted for the bump. Actually, fun fact: I was almost the the, the, the black guy on the show. I was uh, very close. To that. <laughs> that was your gimmick. I like how we come back like, to this every week. They needed a cast for the black guy gimmick, and uh, <laughs> no, nah, I love those guys. Man, they're out. awesome. Yeah. Um, no, but that, but I mean, listen, it's a good show. I like the show, but it's just like back, like that was the whole point I'm trying to make is I don't know why WWE felt the need to go all in on like four talk show properties at the same time. And they really watered down what they could have had with backstage, I think, because of that, which had Renee Young doing the thing that Renee Young is, at least in WWE terms, is probably born to do. It had CM Punk, it had, you know, there's a bunch of other, you know, good looks for the show. The whole, the whole point of this is Renee Young is more talented than about what minimum 85% of the employees of WWE. Yeah. She's not absolutely. She's not talented in like, she's not going to go take bumps, but they found ways to make like, you know, and what she does and and what she does, uh, for, if we're on a sliding scale of what everybody else in the company does, I would definitely put Renee in like the top, like 2% of, of the top two percentile, I guess, of just how good she is at what she does. Um, I would say this, um, Renee Young is without a doubt one of, I mean, the most likable person that like 95% of this gig, you know what I mean? When it comes to being a trustworthy host or a talking head or, uh, you know, professional broadcaster, 95% of that is likability. And it's really hard to find anybody more likable than Renee Young. Um, she's like, so supremely talented, like so talented. And, not, and I'm not trying to say this as a shot to like wrestling fans or nothing like that, but like, she's so good. It's almost like, you sure you want to be in the wrestling world? <laughs> like, it's like, you could be doing, you could be doing a lot of other things. Like, and granted, like we're all, we're all living in this kind of crazy world of professional wrestling where we all have like big, different interests and stuff. But like, there's not so many more people that were as good and as talented and, and anything that they want to do outside of this world than Renee. I mean, like, uh, I know Ellen, I know the Ellen show probably has a, a, a opening somehow, and I'm not convinced that she wouldn't be great at that. Like, hosting her own sort of talk show in that sort of vein. She's that good. And um, just a personal story. I mean, like, when I first, uh, literally, my first road trip with WWE when I was there on, um, when I was there backstage writing, literally the first person I met backstage was uh, Renee Young and Dolph Ziggler and Renee like you know goes out of her way to be like just completely like you know if you need anything like we got you like you know I know it's it's crazy here but you know like she's she was always went out of her way to be like super cool to everybody super respectful like you really will have a hard time finding anybody to say a bad word about Renee Young and that's just from that's not even just on what she does on camera. Like she is an extremely talented person, w- incredibly well liked by everybody who who knows her. So I mean, it's it's the world of wrestling should be glad that she stuck around this long doing wrestling stuff yep. because you know she's she's only elevated the product. Like she brought a level of professionalism 
as far as like to, to the backstage and the, and the, and the, and the interview segments and the reality of the wrestling world that like, we probably haven't seen since like a, a Todd Pettengill, maybe like a mean gene, like those type of people that just kind of like gave a sort of like, okay, this person, this is wrestling, but this is like a professional, like, broadcaster slash interviewer doing this that kind of brings that sort of realism to the show. Um, and she's dope at what she does, yeah. man. So whether it's, if she, I know she's got like a cookbook coming out and stuff. And uh, I know there's rumors about, I mean, I, I personally don't think she's going to go to AEW. I feel like there's, you know, a bunch of, what else in the wrestling world has, is there to like do? You know what I'm saying? I feel like in, in her world, if she's not planning to, to take bumps or be a manager. Like, I feel like there's, she's kind of done all there is to do in, in that lane of professional wrestling. So, I mean, and you know, she's done stuff with the score in Canada and done like legitimate, like sports journalism for a long time. So, I mean, like whatever she wants to do um, after leaving the company or, or leaving the world of professional wrestling, I'm sure she's going to completely succeed at, man. Like you see Charlie Caruso on first take, you know what I mean? Every other day, like killing it. And you know, she, they're, they're just both as, both is talented. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I have no reason to believe that she won't be just as uh, successful outside the ring. So props to her, man. Just awesome person, awesome talent. Man. Yeah. I mean, I can only speak a little bit to the awesomeness of her personality, but it's in my limited experience, it is so, so true. I mean, she's just a wonderful person. And yeah. and even secondhand, I mean, I can't tell how many people have told have stories like the one you just told. I mean, it's, 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 crazy everybody loves renee and she's that's true that's she's true. so she's so talented you're, you're right about her talent that's what i was trying to say i mean it's like wwe often has trouble i mean it's like everybody can point at somebody and say they do this better than everybody else but wwe a lot of times has trouble really milking that for all it's worth you know that's what like Heyman was notoriously great at in ecw you know he took guys who couldn't even wrestle like wrestlers who were on the on the <laughs> dl and and he like made them into headline acts right and and uh and Heyman himself in WWE, I mean, he's a good example of a success story. I wrote about this a while ago, but I mean, he's he he is the farthest thing from a physical specimen, at least <laughs> a, an athletic physical specimen that you could imagine. And mm. for about like a year, he might have been the most important talent on the roster. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, it's like it's it, it, I made I basically made the case for him. It's like if you can take a wrestler who does not who has zero mic skills, right? I mean, there's been many of them throughout the years, but somebody who is so good in the ring that it doesn't matter that they can't talk. If you can count that person as the one of the best wrestlers in the world, then you should be able to count. Then you should be able to count Heyman as one of the best wrestlers in the world because he only has mic skills and he can't work. But it doesn't like he's doesn't so matter. good at talking. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So I mean, he did take those cane shots from from uh, CM Punk back in the day yeah. in that cage match. But anyway, it's like a couple stunners. They, they did a they did an okay job at, at making Renee shine, but she, she she shone through a lot of bullshit too. I'm. I'm excited to see what she does next. She was really, really amazing. And you're right. I do want to say um, that it's good to see that you got those checks that Todd Pettengill sent you uh, <laughs> to include to include him on the list of Renee Young and and and, and Mean Gene Okerlin. Listen, I'm a, I'm a born and bred New Yorker. Okay, so like my early days of like my wrestling world was listening to Todd Pettengill on the radio. On I want to say was it was it PLJ WPLJ in New York City and then watching Todd Pettengill host in your house like later that night so like when it came to like professional broadcasters I was like oh yeah Todd Pettengill he's he's the guy you know what I mean he he's got both sides of the coin he but. still does radio out here right I mean he, yes. he is yeah he is a radio guy I'm, pre um, I'm pretty but, sure but, he does yeah but but yeah I'm sure he appreciates that mention 
Um, but, but she is one of the greats, and I, and I hope that I hope that her resume holds up. That you know we'll be able to look back, uh, you know, fondly. And, and um, you know, and 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 the one thing about that is like she's she's so young and still has like you know if there's ever an opportunity like WWE is family, right? So like you know anybody who leaves, you know, what I mean they're never really fully out. You know what I'm saying? So like somebody who's uh-huh. been as as connected to so many important moments in the company's history is never fully out of the game. You know what I'm saying? So if yeah. she goes and goes on the greener pastures and is on like ESPN or Fox Sports or hosts a talk show or does whatever out there, you know, I'm sure that that door will always be open for her to come back and, you know, and and and, and give a little bit more of that rub to uh, the rest of the company. I don't think she's going to go. I, I wouldn't assume she's going to AEW, but you said family. I mean, her husband's there and I and, and it's, you know, that could be a thing that takes up two days a month of her life and, 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 and could pay her pretty well. Uh, so who knows? Who knows what we'll see her next? Uh, but whatever happens, she was really great. I mean, she is really great. She's, she's a huge talent at WWE and, and, and they're going to miss her whether or not, you know, she's just doing, have her doing backstage SmackDown interviews or not. Anyway, yeah. this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, 
all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Before we get fully into SummerSlam, we got to talk about one other thing that just came across the wire as we were hitting record. Do you want to read? Do you want to tell me what you told me just a second ago? Yeah. So I just peeped out that uh, by the end of this month. Um, shout out to, I forgot the Twitter account that it popped up on it, but whoever said AW is looking to have shows with crowds, a 10 to 15% capacity starting this month, starting the end of August. Whoa. And funny enough, it's already the end of August. So like, does that mean next week? <laughs> like, are we going to have fans like paying ticket prices to go to the Jacksonville stadium by the end of this week or by, by the end of next week? Like, what's that? What's that look like? What's that sound like? Wait, how many people is that? Uh, I mean, gosh. I, well, if there's if they're filling up the, I guess the parking lot of that stadium, right? Like, I don't think they're gonna just use the actual stadium seating. If they're filling up the parking lot of that stadium, I'm gonna go and make like a heavy guess at a maximum of 200 people in that crowd. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I feel like 200 is a safe bet. I, I I'm totally guesstimating on like how many. Uh, people fill in those seats that are kind of outside. And I've seen a couple of Twitter accounts with people being in that arena and being in that area. But uh, I could, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and guess we might see like 200 to 300 fans in those crowds uh, for AEW. What do you think about that, J- Dave? feels a little bit early to me. feels a little <laughs> bit early. I don't know. I mean, I guess like it's cool. I mean, th- this is sort of like a big FU, right? I mean, I don't know. I assume WWE, we're about to talk about the Thunderdome and WWE's big move. Uh, into the arena world, they can probably retrofit that to throw some people, fans in there if, if the world, you know, common decency sort of allowed. But it is sort of interesting that it's like the second they sort of solidify their plans to have a post fan, like they are locked into the sort of this seemingly this post fan environment, right? They're gonna have some some virtual fans. They're gonna have, I'm sure, the whole this whole stage lighting, all this everything else is set up to sort of not need live fans. And at that very moment, AEW is like, you know what? We're just going to let some people in. It's going to be fine. <laughs> that does feel like a little bit of a deliberate move. Who knows if it is? Um, but for that to sort of leak out right at this moment when WWE is just sort of like put the icing on the cake of their new endeavor, you know, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It does uh, feel a little, but it feels a little bit soon in terms of getting people involved. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? It, it, the one thing that made me think I'm imagining those fans out there, and I think we've all seen a couple of like YouTube videos of of indie shows with eight people there wearing masks, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff like the world that the world that exists. <laughs> it's sort of crazy, and maybe this is too much, but it's sort of crazy that nobody's actually done the 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 uh, mask gimmick, like the old like Michael Tarver mask gimmick, just so when when the fans come back and they're gonna be wearing masks, yeah, like they're gonna like it, it looks like the whole crowd is your cheering section. Oh, yeah, that's that's super easy. I mean, like, I feel like anybody who's asleep at the wheel right now that hasn't picked up like a Sub-Zero slash Scorpion sort of gimmick <laughs> that could not only be very safe and very uh, responsible as a as a as a as a human being in this post-COVID world. But I mean, hell, they're going to have to sell those masks. I mean, get that mask over, get that mask over and sell some damn merch like i don't understand like why nobody's kind of done that yet as far as aw letting fans in and granted you know they haven't said anything official yet but uh from a few accounts that i, I trust and follow 
that seem to usually be on the on the case when it comes to these type of things. I, I, I feel that it may be pretty reputable. Um, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it as as many people might be. I mean, like I feel like we're kind of at the point where we're starting to see NFL teams work out ways where they could have maybe like a 20% capacity at stadiums. We're starting to see um, certain events have a little bit more uh, people around and you got to give credit to AEW. I mean, like they've absolutely done uh, they, I feel like they've kind of forced WWE's hand as far as like putting on a great show. And if there's been any complaint about what's been going on in the past couple of months, as far as the difference between AEW and NXT is that AEW just feels like, and I've said this last week, I feel like AEW feels more like a live living, breathing show where NXT feels just kind of like, or, or WWE rather, Raw and SmackDown, just kind of feels like a sitcom. feels like a, a show on a closed set with, you know, a studio audience, which is NXT, you know, um, trainees and, and, and up-and-coming stars. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of feels off. Like, it, it doesn't feel right, you know what I mean? And there's no unpredictability. And, like, granted, I'm not going to speak to the, to, the, to the level of safety that that might incur, but... Um, just as a fan watching on TV, I feel AEW just has a little bit more excitement just because of the, the open air and the arena and the crowd and all that type of stuff. And now with the, the Thunderdome, I feel like WWE was like, okay, let's do that. Let's take the elements of what's working for AEW Dynamite. Let's take the elements of the NBA bubble with, with fans on screens. Let's take, uh, you know, the fact that we own Florida. Like, we got, like, a, a legal injunction from the, the, the mayor, I mean, from the uh, from the state senate that pro wrestling is an essential business. So we're going to have this residency where the Orlando Magic play, where the Orlando Magic can't even play right there. They're probably going to be three games out from coming home. Um, but, you know, I'm... I'm I feel like AEW has definitely, I mean, and I hate, you know, when people say, oh, well, AEW invented this. No, they didn't. But I do feel like they forced their hand to do something different. And, you know, now the Thunderdome uh, is, is what they're calling it. And I'm, I'm excited for it. I feel like it's going to give the talent a shot in the arm. It's going to give the show a shot in the arm. Um, you know, we'll be able to see that big, larger than life feel that these pro wrestlers and these superstars uh, that we're used to, you know what I mean? I feel for guys like Drew McIntyre who haven't really gotten to feel like a big deal yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, because his big matches outside of the Royal Rumble, his big moments came all in the performance center. Granted, he's put on the hell of a matches and, and it's had incredible, you know, uh, pay-per-view matches, with, I think with like Lashley and Seth Rollins and uh, even Dolph Ziggler was, was, was pretty good. But now, you know, this weekend we got Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, in this big, uh, you know, stage. And from what I've read, it's going to be fireworks. It's going to be the full-on setup, like the full-on backdrop of, of the entrance. Like, it's going to feel like a WWE pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Like, a, a pay-per-view that we're kind of used to. Mm-hmm. Just with the weird dystopian <laughs> future of no actual fans being in the crowd. But, you know, the more I've watched the NBA and the more I've watched of these playoff games and seeding games, the less I've minded, you know, these digital fans in the crowd and these digital fans on screen. So I'd be really interested to see how WWE kind of pulls it off. Yeah, uh, 
I guess we can we can segue directly in here. I mean, let's talk. This this is the right this is the right conversation to be having. Bill, my uh, our boss, my boss, Bill Simmons, talked to uh, Triple H this week, mm. um, and they talked a little bit about that stuff. And and uh, well, it's inter- really interesting to hear Triple H sort of like talk about both sides of the of the no fans and how that kind of hurts them a lot of different ways. But it was interesting to hear that. Like, I mean, it, it was interesting. It's been interesting to watch basketball. You're right. Watching the Mavs uh, torch the Clips last night, and just yes, sir. and and <laughs> showing, I think my fa- it was the first time my family had seen the virtual fans, and so I was kind of like explaining, you know, they they were enjoying it, but yeah, I mean, watching the game, you barely notice the difference. And you're right, it's there's something about the air in the AEW arena that makes it feel a lot m- bigger than WWE has in the Performance Center. I mean, they've been lucky to have that space, but it's not. There's no pro wrestling without fans, and everything right. we're doing is some like is some like you know pale comparison, pale mockery of the real thing. Right. But that's fine. Well, let's move forward from there. An empty arena match. I mean, they have those in wrestling history. Obviously, and empty arena matches are still way cooler than an indie show in a gym with 200 people there. Right. <laughs> I mean, it still it still feels like a bigger deal. It's something you're, you're more inclined to watch. Well, don't, don't say that to the, to the fans of Reseda and, and, and PWG. No, no, no. That's, well, that's, well, I think that's, that's, that's on the the big end, I guess. So two, I should right. probably shouldn't have even said 200, but you know what? You, you take what I mean. It's like, I don't, uh, you either have to be crammed into a little hot house or you should just have it be empty space, you know, or, or, you know, or figure out something new and exciting like the Thunderdome may be. Um, I think that I think that it's possible that they can get, you know, basketball basically was able to get us like, honestly, ninety percent back to feeling normal. Like to watch a game, yeah, it, it, you hardly notice the difference. It felt, it felt good flipping between wrestling and basketball last night for the yeah. first time in and forever. And I think that if the Thunderdome does it right, they can get us what seventy five percent of the way there. They're not going to get. They're not. It's not going to be as seamless as as basketball because the fans just matter too. Well, much. I'll give you this but though. They, I mean, like one thing we got to kind of give Vince McMahon credit for is they, he never stopped the show. Like he showed the world that like it was possible to kind mm-hmm. of like. Granted, he didn't call it a bubble, so to say, but like he essentially created what was the first like live sports bubble. What looks like is going to be the future of sports for the next like year or two. You know what I mean? Like um, if you're looking at everything that has more of a contained element where, whether it's tennis or golf, basketball, even baseball, um, baseball has had its hiccups just because they, they didn't really take it real seriously, but wrestling and specifically Vince McMahon has kind of like, He's, he was kind of first. He was first to kind of show the world, like, okay, like, it was possible. Mm-hmm. And then the NBA and Adam Silver, they kind of took it to the next level and and went through all the precautions to show, you know, how much they, you know, true leadership could uh, make things go off without a hitch. And it's been, what, like four or five weeks that they've had, like, a positive test within the NBA bubble. And mm-hmm. granted, the WWE had a little bit of a scare uh, a few weeks back, and then that prompted that shot from Taz and Brian Cage, and the reason why they couldn't have like the 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 first AEW match with uh, the AEW title match with Moxley and Cage back then. Um, but what I, I as as crazy as the old man is, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt to see if he's gonna take that 75% fan experience that you're talking about and turn that into close to a 90. I mean, like, he's willing, he's, he's shown in the past, he's willing to try and do things that people aren't necessarily 
willing to try. Like he's sort of been the guinea pig in crash test dummies for a lot of live sports. And sometimes it's worked. A lot of times it hasn't. But like what has worked, I mean, in, in the past, whether it's the just the advent of pay-per-view, whether it's the WWE network, whether it's, you know, a lot of these things, um, he's kind of been at the forefront. So this Thunderdome thing, if it works out, I mean, we're gonna see that for a lot. We're gonna see that in college sports. We're gonna see that in 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 you know the NBA going forward. Because granted, there's eight more teams out there that haven't really gotten to play yet as well. So they got to figure out a way to kind of make it all work for them. I really do believe that Vince is gonna try a lot of things and and put in a lot of experiences that will make that seventy five percent feel close closer to a ninety. And if he has a whole arena to toy with and a lot of money to play with, to, to kind of make this feel as close to a big deal as possible, I think he's going to do it. There, we, we've seen at least one look, right? I think Justin Barrasso or somebody did, tweeted out a video of what of what the the Thunderdome, as they're calling yeah. it, uh, looks like. It so almost looks, looks like the cool. intro to SmackDown. Like if you watch like, <laughs> if you watch like the intro video of SmackDown yes. on Fox, people say like, yo, it actually looks a lot like that. Yeah, it does. They managed to bring it to life. Um, I think it's, I mean, listen, it could be, it, it's going to be, it's going to be cool. It's going to be interesting one way or the other. And I think it's, it, to me, it's interesting that they, I mean, that they're just going to be there. You know yeah. I mean? That, that This is, this is the look. And so, you know, some, somebody pointed out, did I say this last week? Somebody made a really good point on, um, on Reddit or something. And I know that we, they always spoil comebacks these days, unless your theory is right. You know, they always got to tease stuff to get people interested. Mm-hmm. But how the hell do you leave the performance center in the middle of the retribution angle without having the gimmick be that retribution tore down the performance center? <laughs> like let let retribution burn the building yeah, down. I mean that's before, what I thought before it was. before you say we're leaving we're leaving town or we're like moving down the street. Let it be their fault. Yeah, I mean I feel like that's what uh, I think they ran the SmackDown angle from two weeks ago too early, where they kind of went off the air with them just like destroying it or whatever. And if they would have like granted. Kayfabe, you can't burn the actual performance center down, but no. if you could have lit the ring on fire at least, that would have been fucking dope. Like yeah. I would have loved to see that. I mean, if if you got these this angle with these people causing the havoc and they're basically just rioters, um, you know what I mean? That are that that wants to change WWE from the inside or whatever whatever the case may be. Such a missed opportunity. I mean, like I mean, I don't know. I, Granted, they still might pull it off tomorrow. I know they're going to be in the Thunderdome, but like, I feel like there, there could be an idea where they pull it off tomorrow. But who knows, man? Like those guys, yeah, retribution. What a what a faction. <laughs> Listen, we can't really. Yeah, I know we can't really talk about these dudes because who are they? We well, don't know. Well, they yeah, are. I mean, I mean I presume, dudes and dudettes. I, I assume they're going to matter at SummerSlam, and if not, certainly they're going to matter the week after at the at the uh, retribute or whatever payback. No, what what is the pay per view? Uh, this payback, like right afterwards, like like the week later, which is a synonym um, for retribution. You know, may, maybe this will pay off. Maybe it'll pay I off. Think it so. does seem like there's an there's an awful lot of these folks now. Many people have pointed out that visually they're indistinguishable from the ninjas that are still a part of continuity on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that haven't been fully thought through about this. And and you pointed out last week, certainly it hadn't. This was just an idea that they're just like pushing to fruition now. But we'll see. Maybe it'll pay off. You never saw it coming. Maybe we never saw it coming. Maybe. Which, this, Maybe this we'll a, be this eating. This is a fantastic idea that's really going to be well executed. <laughs> we'll be um, eating our words a week from now. We'll see. We'll see we how will. that goes. Uh, 
let's talk SummerSlam. Or first, actually, let's take let's let's talk NXT Takeover. Uh, NXT Takeover is it NXT Takeover thirty? Thirty, yes. Triple X NXT. Triple X. Mm-hmm. Man, there are, there's a lot of cool stuff on this, and I don't want to get too bogged down in all of it because we got to get to to SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Although Finn Balor versus Tim Thatcher is one of those matches that makes me sort of feel happy inside. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. uh, Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai for the women's championship match. This match, I mean, listen, there's a lot of backstory here. They've done a good job of telling, especially the Dakota Kai story for a long time. This also feels like, I don't know, part of my excitement for this match is that they angle, that they set it up for 30. Right. Like, I feel like this is a match that like Triple H had in his back pocket. And if there's any shortcomings in the storytelling, it's because they were telling all the other stories really well and they just knew that this would be the match that would blow the roof off at 30. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's not <laughs> unabashed, exci- I mean, unabashed praise, but, man, I think it's going to be awesome. I feel like Dakota Kai is like, she's a really interesting sort of tale. I feel like the, the whole team kick breakup that they did a few weeks, a few, wow, months ago now, feels like forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really well done. Better yeah. uh, swerve. Um, turns or heel turns that they've done on NXT in a while. Uh, but I'll be honest, man. It's really hard to take Dakota Kai serious as a heel. Like, she's not adorable. <laughs> like, like, she'll be, like, looking, trying to look menacing in a crowd with, like, her New Zealand accent. I'm just like, I'm so glad they gave you a heater. Because <laughs> I'm so glad they yeah. gave you, like, your big daddy cool uh, diesel to to kind of, like, help supplement that. Because you know, like, I feel like she's got so much potential as, like, a massive star for that company. I feel like mm-hmm. she's got a, a great look. I feel like she's got a great move set. Um, I, I feel like you could kind of... She fits into that mold of, uh, I want to say, like, the, the Stashas and Baileys of the world where, you know, she could play heel and face fluently. You know what I'm saying? Um, in addition to that, I do think Io Shirai has been, you know, one of the most underrated competitors. And granted, she's the NXT Women's Champion, and it's hard to call anybody underrated then. But like, just on a whole, like, I feel like there's so much hype when it comes to the NXT Women's Division, and a lot of times the buck really doesn't start with the champion like it usually would. Say if Charlotte was champion, or Rhea Ripley was champion, or Bailey or Sasha, or like some of these like megastar you know what i'm saying but i feel like io shirai like hasn't had a bad match since she's been Mm -hmm. you know what i mean since she kind of like reinvented herself and um you know she's she's awesome and the matches that she's had in the past with the triple threats and with other folks that she's been involved with have always always really like taken it to the next level and shown just how far uh, Japanese that Japanese style of wrestling slash lucha libre style that she has can really go as far as like athleticism in the women's division. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she's kind of taking it up to another level. Whereas like the Kodaka is kind of like this hard hitting, like kind of like soft but like strong style sort of like sort of a competitor. I feel like those comp those styles really complement each other very well, and it's gonna it's it's. Outside of the Finn Balor, Tim Tatcher, Thatcher, wow, Tim Thatcher match. <laughs> Outside of Finn and Tim Thatcher, I thought that was going to be the match that was going to steal the show. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I mean, I'm really, really excited. I, I mean, I, I don't know if we're doing picks. We're not doing. We'll, we'll save we'll our save picks it. for SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but I, but I, but I, I I'm very. I do want to get your that. thoughts other- on uh, on uh, Pat McAfee last night. Yeah. First of all, Pat McAfee, you know, as much as we were comparing Renee Young to the, you know, the the uh, Mount Rushmore of, of commentators earlier, Pat McAfee is maybe already in the, in the championship wearing the championship belt <laughs> of non wrestlers who've come in to do wrestling angles in WWE. Now he's no Andy Kaufman just yet, but. Um, Man, it's been he's hit it out of the ballpark oh, so far, kicked it through the upright so far. Man, uh, you know what it is? It's it's like you need to have somebody who buys in completely for these things to work. The reason why yep. a lot of these like celebrity crossovers in pro wrestling usually kind of falls on deaf ears because a lot of times the celebrity doesn't really have the respect for the for the for the business that you know, they probably should not saying they don't respect the wrestlers, not saying they don't, they're not fans of it, but like you got to buy in completely. And, mm-hmm. you know, just the way it was told, like the seeds that were planted, even before Adam Cole end up, ended up on the Pat McAfee show and they had that whole angle where people yeah. didn't know if it was, if it was worked or, or real or any of this type of stuff. Like the fact that he has that platform to accentuate NXT to, you know, like, you know, the Pat McAfee show is a massive show, massive podcast. He's, he's a, he's a media mm-hmm. superstar. You know what I mean? Like, as far as, like, athletes going into, you know, the media realm, he's a superstar in that, in that world. And he was before wrestling, but he's always, always, always had that respect for wrestling. Even when he was a punter, like, he would do, like, the Razor Ramon taunts after, like, getting a good yeah. punt. Like, he would tell people to suck it. Like, you could tell he gets it. You know what I mean? You could tell he gets it. But at the end of the day, man, it is one of those things where I am I'm so excited for this. I really believe that, you know, Pat's going to surprise a lot of folks, um, especially after that promo, man. Like he talked, man, he talked his ass off for that one. And it was it was really, really exciting. Incredible stuff. Yep. Yeah, the buy-in is real. I mean, and I've said this a million times, but it's why when they would, whenever they would have celebrity hosts on Raw or like people promoting movies and stuff, it was the lifelong wrestling fans. That even if it was silly, whatever, that made that fit in, that knew how to pull it off. Because mm-hmm. nobody acting like a wrestler is ever going to seem like a wrestler. You know, nobody who's nobody who's just like, oh yeah, I mean, who's just game? Like you got to be game. But if you're only game, if you don't have a lifelong a life of of passion for it, you're just it's it's nothing. You can't pick it up. It's just a totally different genre. You know, it's a it's a whole different thing. And and McAfee's talking game now, and on you know out in the real world about how he's you know ready to yeah. ready to 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 surprise some people in the ring. And 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 I, 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 I he ain't lying, it, man. He ain't lying. Listen, the best promos are rooted in a little bit of truth. And the fact that a, a, a NFL punter, an NFL like literally. The most afterthought of afterthoughts in positions in, mm-hmm. in the National Football League has finessed his way into ESPN, like go-to talking head for college and NFL football, to multi-million-dollar podcaster, multi-million-dollar you know entertainer. You know what I'm saying? Like a whole like just legion, like cult-like following. Pat McAfee has just off his podcast alone. I mean, how? Who are we not to start talking about him in the in the Andy Kaufman sort of space right now, right? Like the Andy Kaufman of that, like Pat McAfee w- would have been the Andy Kaufman of that day. Granted, he's not a comedian, but you know, yeah. he's he was a professional athlete. Like 
And it's mm-hmm. super hard in the NFL as a professional athlete, especially if you're not a quarterback or a superstar wide receiver or a star running back to stand out. And he stood out. Like, so that it was, it was a lot of rooted in truth in that promo. If he says, man, it's, it's, the wrestling world better count the lucky stars if I feel like taking it seriously and becoming another multimillionaire in this. I believe him. I believe him. The first day he walked into the NXT and punted uh, Adam Cole and then came back and talked cash talk like as he was leaving, complete natural, complete natural. A lot of celebrities, when they get into the wrestling business, they're they're shoved down your throats. I was like, oh, this is babyface. We should cheer for him because he's famous and you like him, right? No, he had the presence of mind to know that people are going to boo me and I want people to boo me. And it's mm-hmm. and, and he got it. He knocked it out the park, man. And and in turn, he's turned a guy in Adam Cole and, and given him a reason to be like a sympathetic baby face when he's like been the the unstoppable monster for the last four hundred days with this like really yeah. annoying cronies that has kept this title for as long as he has, and he hasn't needed to change a single thing about himself. I think that's the mm. biggest. That might be the biggest thing that Pat McAfee has done as far as like his contributions to, to wrestling. Like he's immediately made Adam Cole a sympathetic baby face within two weeks. And, and listen, when, when you talk about, I agree with everything you said. And when you talk about what great booking is to me, one of the most, if not the most important thing is what, how you book your champ after he loses the title and how you keep him important, how you keep him significant, how you keep him, you know, looking like whatever he does next is still up at the top of the card. And this is perfect. This is perfect. They got their little celebrity match, but it has a little bit of legitimacy to it. I mean, there's so much. This is this is such a great, a great. They've booked Adam Cole so well, and uh, I'm excited to see how this plays out, man. I don't know a wrestling fan who's not excited about yeah. it, and that's that is shocking. Yeah. I mean, that's shocking that they're able to pull off a Pat McAfee be, like wrestles a match again. If you told me this even six weeks ago, let alone six months or six years ago. I would have laughed in your face. I would have been like, well, yeah, well, maybe that would happen somewhere, but not in WWE, <laughs> no. you know, like they wouldn't be whatever. But yeah, I mean, pretty impressive stuff. Uh, one more thing, uh, we, uh, Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross. We've talked about a lot. We've talked about both those guys a good bit. Um, they're facing off for the aforementioned NXT championship. I just have one question for you. I, I, I mean, predictions aside, mm-hmm. if you were booking the territory <laughs> and I gave you two options, it's either Keith Lee retains and Karrion Cross gets called up to the main roster, or Karrion Cross wins and Keith Lee gets called up to the main roster. If one of the guy, if the loser is definitely moving up, who would you who would you have win this match? You're gonna kill me for this like two sided answer, but but <laughs> but, but I, I have a reason. Okay, before the Thunderdome, before the Thunderdome, I would have had no problem saying you just built this monster and Karrion Cross who has a killer gimmick, a killer look, like. And you're going to need, you got a whole slew of dudes that we love that we want to see chase those titles, right? Chase that title. And Karrion mm-hmm. Cross seems like the perfect foil to kind of like come over and take over immediately and make him feel like a big deal already. I don't think, and this is all, all praises due to, to the wonderful Keith Lee. I don't think there's much more you can do with him in NXT that hasn't already been done by him defeating Karrion Cross, right? Like, I feel like it's time to start grooming NXT as that next dude for the company, not just NXT, right? He's done, he's had the big moments at the Royal Rumble. He's had these big moments 
in TakeOver. He's won the NXT title. He's won the North American title. He's the first champ champ in NXT history. Like, he's done it all already. So before the Thunderdome, I'd have no problem saying Keith Lee loses, send him to the big show. It's time to get him ready for WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Start, start getting him hot. So by the time March, April rolls around, he's on that card because you need him there. I'm pretty sure NXT isn't going to be in the Amway arena, but I would love to see that Karrion Cross entrance with that spectacle of an, a full arena mm-hmm. and fireworks and all that type of stuff. Granted, I don't think they're going to do it. I still think Karrion Cross is still fairly new. And I do think, you know, NXT is going through a big shift. Like a couple, like maybe like last year, there was like a big shift in the women's division, right? Like you had Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler, Kyrie Sane, uh, all these like really dope women's wrestlers in NXT when it was just, just embarrassed with talent that, you know, all moved up to the main roster. And now you got like a whole new, new, new crew of people. I feel like NXT right now, the male division, is going through a similar process where, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't seen... We talked about this a few weeks ago where it feels like NXT is not trying to out indie AEW anymore, right? Like, they're not yeah. trying to go for, like, the internet favorites that are kind of, like, small and work rate, work rate, work rate, work rate, guys. They're getting these, like, massive super heavyweights that are that could do all the work rate stuff. Like, they're starting to build, like, these mega-sized... Like, they're supersizing NXT, right? So I feel like right now, Karrion Cross might be, like, the perfect guy to kind of lead that new wave of NXT. Keith Lee, there's a, there's a part of Keith Lee and, I guess, the Garganos and the Champas and the Ballers of the world that are still sort of, like, the old guard of NXT. Not saying that they're old, but, like, you know, even for a lesser extent, um, Undisputed Era. Like they still, they are still kind of like the old guard of NXT. Um, I think now in the supersized era of guys like Bronson Reed, um, Damian Priest, um, you know, uh, gosh, who's the guy that they had? Uh, Edwin Hall. I, I don't know. He had a. He, he fought Gargano last night. He's from NXT UK. He has like a. Oh yeah, yeah. He has like a a, uh, a, a, a detective in New York City name. I forgot his name. <laughs> Yeah, he just he dropped Gargano on his dropped head. Dropped Gargano um, on his head. I'm, and forgive me, man. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to play you. I just it just really just based on me. But they're really getting supersized right now. So I'm hoping that uh, if I'm booking a territory, Ridge 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 Holland. Holland. Is the name wow, the, if that's not a, a Dick Tracy era, exactly. <laughs> he's there. Yeah, um, that's he. Yeah, he he definitely carries a gat around. <laughs> like, let me add him. She like that's how he sounds like to me. But um, yeah, no, if I'm NXT man. Uh, you don't want to shoot Karrion Cross in the foot by not having him win the title. Now, granted, I'm not feeling super creative right now, so maybe there's a way that you keep the title yeah. on Keith Lee and you keep Karrion Cross super hot, and maybe you go to a next match with bigger stipulations, Hell in a Cell, ladder match, whatever the hell it is. But you got to keep Karrion Cross hot somehow. If that means him putting the title on him, yeah. if that means him laying out Keith Lee in some like no contest sort of fashion, that's the way you do it. But I feel like if I'm booking a territory, my main objective is making sure Karen Cross stays hot and stays a threat. Uh, well, you said it, man. I think that Keith Lee is the guy to call up. And I think there's almost no way Keith Lee doesn't go to SmackDown. I don't know why. I just I, I feel that uh, in my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that could be that could be a pretty good fit. Maybe I mean, maybe it's a raw guy. I don't know. 
But I think, but I agree with what you said. I think that I definitely see a lot more of like Karrion Cross is is big, you know, demonic champion, and and uh, all the guys who are, you know, smaller in stature make make for very attractive baby face, compa- you know, competition or at least underdog competition. Adam Cole, you said, is kind of working face now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Would be the right person to match him up against if if Cole isn't going anywhere either. But um, if I had to get, if I had to send one, call one of them up, I'd go Keith Lee. I think it's Keith Lee's time. I don't think, I don't think Karen Cross is going to be far behind him. Yeah. But, uh, but it, but it, it would be interesting to get. I mean, I think I, it, there's a value in getting Karen Cross a few more reps in NXT. Uh, and like I said, it's you. you I mean, you said it. Yeah, Keith Lee's ready. Yeah, Keith Lee's he's ready. been ready. It's, he's it's, been it's, ready since since Survivor Series last year. Like mm-hmm. as soon as you saw him and Roman Reigns dap each other up after. That incredible, like, last, yeah. like, you know, flash of offense between each other. That's when you knew. I'm like, okay, this guy's a me- like, he's ready. Like, he's 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 more than ready. Give him a couple months to kind of carry NXT, which he's done since then. But he needs to be wrestling at WrestleMania this year in some way, shape, or form. He's be involved in that. Um. All right, let's move to SummerSlam. We got to do our predictions. Mm-hmm. Um. And and this is going to be a big one. I'm excited about SummerSlam. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. about SummerSlam. Um, number one, uh, the Street Profits versus Andrade and, and uh, Angel Garza for the Raw Tag Team Championships, which are held by the Street Profits. Man, I don't know if I'm getting old. If I've been doing, <laughs> been around this business too long, hanging out, you know, with people like you or whatever. But like, I feel like every time that we've talked, like I, I, I've way too many times in the past couple of weeks, but especially in like right now in this episode, I feel like. I have positive human things to say about people. Yes. And I know I've said this before, but uh but uh Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins too, although I don't know him very well. Montez Ford is one of the great people, one of the great humans of pro wrestling. And I and I love the Street Profits, but just like like I want to see these guys succeed so much. The crazy thing is WWE has found and this has been going on for a while, but they found a they found a couple of heels who I like just as much now, not as human. I don't, I don't know Andrade. I don't, I don't know Mr. Garza, Mm -hmm. but like, I love this feud. I'm having a lot of fun watching it. Um, and now that, you know, we've got some of the ladies involved, like this whole thing is, is, is so interesting. I think, I think this could go either way. If I have to make a pick, um, I'll, I'll, I'll pick Zelina Vegas crew. Uh, but not for any good reason. What do you think? In addition to you saying wonderful things about wonderful humans, another one of the more wonderful humans in wrestling, Zelina Vega, uh, who I think if there's a short list of pandemic MVPs, she's definitely on that short list. Like she's made a oh, lot of yes. a lot of stars just with her her talent, man, and the way she talks. She's so queens with it. So like that's always near and dear to my heart. Um, but I I do believe Street Profits retain. I feel like they've they've teased a lot of dissension between Andrade and and Garza for a minute. So I do believe there might be the whole uh, miscalculation and, or something that kind of causes them to, to to lose focus. And, you know, Montez was poisoned for crying out loud. I would hope he gets some of his comeuppance or something. But I, I, yeah, that's weirdly, that's why I was saying they might get it. I just think that storyline's more interesting. I think switching the title at the show has a little bit of resonance or whatever, but I also think you can tell that story with him as Chance. Yes. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't really know where you go. The the Viking Raiders are hanging out in the uh, 
in Raw Underground right now, feuding with Dolph Ziggler, which is actually kind of cool. Do we, we don't have any? Do we have any Raw Underground an, announced for this? Yes. Or is that what they're going to do at Payback? Not for SummerSlam, but there is uh, on, on Raw. There's uh, Dolph and Ivar in Raw Underground, and shout out to my guy Jeff Johnson, who's over at uh, Bleach Report and has a BR Wrestling. Calling, they're saying that that they call they're making Dolph Ziggler into the GSP of Raw Underground. <laughs> oh so, yeah, that's a great call. Which is which is tight. Which is a cool thing for Dolph to to kind of be right now to kind of be like the straight shooter, uh, you know, weightless, like limitless, for lack of a better term, uh, a, a fighter. And I really want to see how they work Raw Underground into the Amway Center, like how that's going to work with the Thunderdome on on, on Monday nights. They gotta just leave it in the same in the same studio wherever they're filming it, right? I would think I so. Mean, it would be, I would think so. Like maybe. I mean, uh, but maybe that's what they do at Payback. Maybe Payback's just a street fight pay per view. Maybe just, that's the underground. Everything, we'll everything in the underground. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. We gotta we gotta keep trucking here. Yes. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Mandy Rose versus Sony Deville. By the way, we didn't even talk about that crazy story oh at the top goodness. of the show. Crazy. Like that is. In case you guys don't know, I'm sure you do because it was it was on mainstream media. Yeah. Uh, Sony Deville was like at her home and was either alerted from the, one of the dude's Instagram messages or something, or just looked to heard a noise. But went outside on her porch and there was a guy, an intruder there with like a knife and like was like coming at her. She and I think Mandy Rose turned out to be there also. Like both fled the house, got the hell out of there, called the police. The police came. The dude was just hanging there. He he was still there. This crazy ass person who was like a, a mentally like a a, a a wrestling fan with some issues yeah. had been sort of online obsessed with her, stalking her, or whatever for a bit, and then for a long time, and eventually got to the point where he decided to go to her house and kidnap her, and I think admitted it as much, take her hostage, tie her up, blah blah blah, so that like basically he could like like say what he wanted to say. Uh, all, all that is probably giving too much airtime to this evil, adult, crazy person. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. uh, that's a crazy, that's an insane thing. It's nuts, man. For Sony Deville to have to live through, and uh, thank God nothing. It didn't get any worse. I mean, that was, but I mean that that could have gotten that really is hairy, creepy, man. If it's one thing I've learned in my years is that, like, you know, granted, yes, wrestling fans are the lifeblood of professional wrestling, but my God. There are some crazies out there, and thank God that you know nobody was hurt. Thank God, you know Sonia and and, and Mandy uh, were, were were okay. Apparently, Mandy was like at her house at the time that uh, uh-huh. the, this guy was on the way there or something, and or or was caught there. I don't know. I don't know the full details. I saw like on the ticker on ESPN, but I didn't really get the, the full details. All I know is some crazy dude try to kidnap. Uh, kidnapper. And, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's just a real mess. I mean, and, and all I would say is, I mean, I think we've all a lot of people have kind of gotten to this point where they like we all acknowledge social media is kind of problematic or kind of toxic or whatever. But like, wrestling fans, we're all wrestling fans. You know, we're not all problems. Yeah. But you know, sometimes it's worth when you see somebody just go who's like really obviously struggling. Yeah. To engage and just to be like, dude, you're you know you're struggling. You should talk to somebody. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, what good it is, but like, you know, we all mute people and ignore people and whatever else. I mean, and these, this is a real part of our culture, especially with, you know, I mean, just the way our society's built up, it's a mess. And, and, um, and with wrestling fans, it's real, man. You see it all the time. I've, I've talked before and I've joked. I mean, I shouldn't even joke about how 
a few years ago, I wrote a piece about The Rock, and I think The Rock's account retweeted it. And I spent days where my all of my Twitter replies were people trying to talk to the talk to the Rock or talk to me to talk to the Rock for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but it was like the people like like engaging with like the Rock's Twitter account in a very like very very personal way. Yeah. And I know that's part of the person the, the personality that he's built and that all these wrestlers build. But obviously there's a line, and nobody should have to live through what she lived through. That said. She's put her hair on the line. <laughs> um, so she chopped off something. I mean, these two have been feuding for a while. Obviously, they were best friends in real life, best friends on screen. Then the whole Otis thing happened. Uh, Otis, I think, got sent to the moon. I have no idea where, where those dudes are. And then and now they're just, uh, Mandy and Sonia are, are at each other's throats. Sonia chopped off some of Mandy Rose's hair in the in, uh, a couple, last week, the week before yeah, last week. And um, and Mandy Rose now, in her last appearance, has uh, short hair, um, not more natural hair, and Sonya Deville's hair has gotten bigger and and more uh, more uh, exuberant, oh, yeah. sort of as this storyline has. She's has ready progressed. for the big chop. <laughs> so your prediction is that Sonya is about to lose it. All? I think Sonya. I think Sonya is about to lose it all, and that's only because I feel like there's big things on the horizon for Sonya. I feel like uh, you know. Her cutting her hair could be a a jumping off point for her to kind of like really take off as a singles competitor. Um, She's got this shoot fight sort of uh, character who's a little bit deranged after everything that's happened with Mandy. And anybody who's willing to chop off all her hair is ready to be on camera a lot. (laughs) So um, I'm I'm thinking uh, Mandy gets the dub. Um, but it only it's only the beginning for Sonya Deville. I think she's been doing some great work. I think she's been a great uh, uh, foil, and and the whole Mandy and Sonya story has been told for the better part of the last like year and a half, and it's culminating here. And I think we're gonna start seeing some like really dope stuff out of Sonya as like a top heel for SmackDown. Um, well, I I hope you're right. She's fantastic. A lot of people have been singing her praises. Other wrestlers and stuff have been singing their singing her praises of late. Um, and I could definitely see a world where we're like, you know, Sonya with like a hip mohawk could be like <laughs> the number, the number one female wrestler on a brand. I mean, that's, she's, she's really gifted and, uh, and as a he- incredible work ethic. Um, it was sort of weird when like, I guess my only hesitation, and this is like just reading way too much into stuff is that she had that cool braid look when she came up from NXT and then. It seemed like they like deliberately pivoted her to the like somebody decided she needed to wear her hair in a more like we shall we say like traditional diva style, right. um, and it's cool if they're, if they're I mean I'm excited to see it, like either of them kind of take on a new look and I think you're right it's got to be Sonya uh, this ride has been a lot of fun mm-hmm. and if they go that way I think it can only it'll only continue to be more fun so yeah I mean it's it, I'm, I'm I'm excited for this match um, I hope they I, I hope you know. I don't want anybody to get like have like the who is it the who who got their head shaved and they ended up like bleeding like crazy because like the clippers didn't oh, work God. and they just ended up gouging them with the clippers so many times. Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> this is maybe this is probably like Memphis wrestling from my childhood or something that I don't remember. But um, the head shave, the head cutting hair is all in the ring is always always sketchy. Like it's always a difficult thing. You can't as someone who like has owned forty pairs of clippers in his life. Yeah. 
the, you can't do it when you're coming in from a run, right? I mean, it's just like the sweaty haircut never works. Uh, Absolutely not. So, no. I hope they so, just, and they then just you, do some some scissors and then let let the buzzards do that, the rest maybe, of the work. Maybe they'll maybe they'll take that CGI budget they left on the table with uh, Rey Mysterio's eye and just do fake <laughs> hair, like a fake head shaving. Um, imagine imagine what the reaction would be if they did a fake head shaving. Oh, boo. Or what if that? What if like it? What if Sonya lost? But it, but in in kayfabe, she planned for it. Like in kayfabe, the storyline goes that she's gonna pull like the meal mascaras of hair, mm-hmm. and like at the end of the match, she yanks off a wig to reveal herself was bald. She was, she was bald, bald, but really she's wearing a bald cap or something. Like it's like anyway. That's not hey. There's something there. There's something there. Like that plays into like the ranged sort of like work that she's been doing lately like that'll be that'll be interesting that'll be interesting like she'll still definitely... I like your version better where she's just actually bald but yes all right <laughs> so we're so we had, we had to keep moving um let's see apollo cruz versus mvp talking about like long uh, storylines that have been going on for a while yeah. and like actually it feels like they're actually like like raising the bar every week yeah um lashley and shelton benjamin um 24 7 champ shelton benjamin are banned from ringside um it's just so it doesn't take much to get me interested in a feud in a wrestling angle, but it's the little points of like interest for me. I, I, I've said this before, Th- this whole storyline, mm-hmm. the hurt business, like the, the whole thing. What makes it interesting to me, I think on some level is that they have MVP in the role that I would have thought they would have slotted Bobby Lashley in. Like, why would they, like, they can leave MVP outside the ring and put Bobby Lashley in it, but they decided to not do it, and it's worked out better this way. But every single time, I'm like, man, I don't even know how they made that call. I'm so interested to know, you know, Mm -hmm. because it was, it's just intriguing to me. But, I mean, I have a hard time picking a winner in this because I feel like the, I feel like the Hurt Business are like, they they need the competition. They need the ongoing competition that Apollo Crews mm-hmm. and also you know Ricochet and and uh, and Ali and and um, Cedric provide them. And and those guys are always going to kind of feel like the underdogs a little bit. So I would say that Apollo retains, but maybe maybe I mean maybe maybe it's this is MVP's time again. I don't know. What do you think? I feel like it's MVP's time. I think uh, I think he wins the title. I think the the band from ringside angle is a red herring. And I feel like, and just because I love chaos and I love people turning on each other, I've seen the plants, the seeds planted for either a Cedric turn where he joins the Hurt Business or yeah. an Ali turn where he tur- where he joins the Hurt Business. Ooh. Um, I feel like there's something there. I feel like they've... If 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 they go with what's really been on the nose for a long time, it's that like okay, like Cedric's, they've they've MVP's been talking about oh you're gonna be in catering, you're gonna be in catering, Cedric, you're not gonna be, you know what I mean? Like you're always in the background, blah blah blah. And it's the easy call for Cedric to be the dude who makes the turn and joins the hurt business because it's been talked about so much. But when you think about it, he has been on TV every week, you know what I mean? So he really isn't in catering. The person who really has been in catering and who could probably really take uh, to heart what MVP is saying is Ali. And he's mm-hmm. a guy who could definitely use a little bit of that edge and, you know, become like, you know, a guy that, granted, he's such a likable dude. Um, I feel like it, yeah. would turn, it, would, it would be something that we never saw coming, 
you know, if it happens, you know what I mean? So uh, I believe that Apollo's been, uh, uh, you know, I think they've done a really good job with Apollo with kind of like rehabbing him and turning him to like a serious threat and making him like a believable, badass, you know, mid-card champion. And I don't think the story ends there if he loses the title. I feel like he's still in the yeah, mix. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that um, I, I I agree with with I think everything that you said. I think Ali is really really interesting. Yes. Um, I went through the whole roller coaster ride on on uh, Monday Night Raw watching because when Cedric beat when Cedric beat um, Shelton uh, Shelton for the for the twenty four seven title, he did it in a sort of way that I was like, all right, Shelton, he's in cahoots. Right. Like they're just trying. This is the misdirect, and then Shelton like. Gave him the gold standard or whatever, just actually absolutely demolished him in the ring. I was like, all right, not in cahoots. <laughs> and now I'm trying to work in kayfabe now. None of it really matters. Right. But I think that's I think that's right. I think that, that I think that them being banned from ringside is probably I'm, you've totally totally won me over. This is the <laughs> moment when someone else joins the crew. They need one more person, uh, and and banning them just it's, it's that would be perfect. All right, so you won me over. We're both on MVP. All right. Um, we gotta start. We gotta start trucking through Let's these. Let's do it. Uh, okay, we got Bailey versus Oscar and Sasha versus Oscar for the SmackDown and Raw Women's Championships, respectively. Obviously, these two things are gonna run as one big storyline. I don't know if they're gonna run back to back, but it feels like Oscar's walking out with at least some gold, right? I mean, it would be sort of a disappointment if if she didn't. Yeah. I mean, I think the real storyline is gonna be how Bailey and Sasha sort of weather this whole thing, right? I mean, how they decide, how they, depending on who goes first, depending on, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it'll, it'll, it'll be a really fun story. It'll be really interesting to see how they tell the story on Sunday night. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they pull this off. I think Bailey, uh, takes the L first. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Asuka, you know, wins the title off of, uh, Bailey, the SmackDown title. And then uh -huh. maybe, you know, that's when the dissension starts. Like if, if Sasha retains somehow, like I feel like whoever, whoever, whoever wrestles first is losing. I think because I feel like if 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 you've got somebody in two title matches back to back and they lose the first one, where's the intrigue in seeing them win in the second one? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. I feel like whoever goes up first is, is losing first, and I think the real story starts in that second match. Now where that goes, I have no idea, but I'm very interested to see how they take it. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, there's really no way to predict this. Although if I just got to have to predict, just you know, based on the little or nothing that we know, I'll say I, I think you're right. I think, I think. Um, well, I mean, I don't know the Raw and SmackDown stuff even matters that much anymore. Mm -hmm. But I'll but I'll say uh, yeah. I think the easy answer is Oscar over Bailey. Oscar loses to Sasha. But but we'll you know, we'll, I guess we'll see. Uh, let's 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 go ahead and hustle on to. Um, Dominic Mysterio, Woo! who I can still not believe he's wrestling a match, especially mm, at SummerSlam. I love it. I'm so I'm uh, so geeked. versus Seth Rollins. I'm so geeked for the full circle Dominic Mysterio SummerSlam moment. Like he doesn't even have to win. You know what I mean? Like he's in a perfect position where like he's a new guy that we've seen grow up, that we've known most of his wrestling life. And mm -hmm. all he has to do is look formidable. All he has to do is look like a badass. You can, we've seen he's tough. He's taken a, a ton of kendo shots uh, on Raw. Um, I think he's getting put in an incredible position to look really, really good here. Um, I still think Seth Rollins wins by the skin of his teeth, but I do think they, they, they. I think Dominic is is in a, in a position to really 
come out looking like a star. I, I'm just wondering to see what they're going to do with them next. I mean, they, there was an interview with Seth, I think, on ESPN mm-hmm. this week where he said he gave, he, they offered they gave him a list of people. And they were like, yeah, yeah you pick who you want to write a, wrestle at SummerSlam. And he was like, no question about it is Dominic. I Doing that not just because I like him, I like Ray, but also for the business, mm-hmm. uh, the future of the business. It's... Um, I know Dominic's been training. I'm sure he's gifted as hell, but it's still shocking to me that he's going to be in this spot. And then at that point, is he is he just going to be a wrestler? Or is he still a special attraction? I mean, does he still have like, is he going to be in NXT for the next five years? Like, well, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. That- I mean, I feel like they, they 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 had a whole moment where he signs a contract. So he's a full-time uh, uh, a wrestler now. So like, I guess we'll, we'll start seeing him on Raw, like competing against like Buddy Murphy and shit. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for him, man. Like I've seen, you know, the well, I was I was at Survivor Series last year, and outside of the Keith Lee uh Roman Reigns moment, the hottest moment of that night was when Dominic and Ray hit the double six to a nine on Brock Lesnar. Like that yeah. those like 12 seconds where we thought Ray was gonna steal the world title from Brock Lesnar with help from his son, like blew the roof off the place. So I'm I'm really excited for that. I'm really excited for him. Um, I, and and the best thing about it is like I have no idea what's going to happen. No idea. So uh, I'm really excited to see that. Yeah, same. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Dominic. Why not? Why not? Um, Why not? Moving on, we get two more. We get the big ones. Uh, let's do Braun Strowman, our SmackDown champion, newly head shaved Braun Strowman versus the Fiend Bray Wyatt. I should have started the show. I need to have a formal, I need to have a, a celebration every time one of my guys uh, acknowledges uh, the call of nature and shaves his head. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's uh, time, um, evolution, age does this to all of us. Uh, or not all of us, but 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 a lot, a of, lot us. of us. And yes. Braun Strowman's been on the clock for a minute. Um, uh, you know, he actually did the right thing. You do it when you're on top. You don't try to repackage yourself as a guy with a shaved head. You get the belt, you get in pr- you get in the spotlight, and then you're like, you know what? I'm just going to shave my head. You know, the first time, the last time I had hair, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever told this story. I did it in the middle of a party at my house when I was in my 20s. Really? I had a bunch of people. I was uh, in college. This is how long I've had a shaved head. I had shaved it before, you know, but like I had, a, I was in, I was had a part people over at my house in college, and. Uh, like late into the night, I just like went in the bathroom, shaved my head, came back out, and nobody noticed. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, all right, I guess that's that. Like, I don't need no one needs that. We don't need to think about that anymore. If no one cares, then uh, then I'm not gonna bother having it. Oh my god! Uh, but that's what I think. Braun Strowman basically did the pro wrestling version of that. He just like cut his hair, came out, continued the same storyline he was on. I guess now he's crazy. I guess now he's he's fiendier than the fiend. <laughs> Um, Matt playing wits, matching wits with this guy. It'll be really intriguing to see what happens. I think I like your idea about someone else walking out with the title, but it does feel like it's time for that. The maybe Bray, Bray will take it. Let's suck if Bray was another trans was, was played the transition role again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with Bray, but this could spin in a lot of different directions. Yeah. What do you? I, I have no idea where this is gonna go. I mean, sometimes I, I listen to them have their promos and I'm like, okay, well, is Braun, is this all part of Bray's plan? Like, are they going to like reunite on like some two man power trip stuff? Like what's going on? And, uh, I feel like, you know, if they don't do anything that I'm, I'm hoping that they do, which is some exciting sort of like now Braun and Bray are this, you know, unstoppable tandem. I do feel like Braun retains, 
I feel like him being like this more evil version of Bray Wyatt or this more evil version of himself gives him a new coat of paint as a champion. Um, it's really hard to root for babyface giant champions. So I feel mm-hmm. like it's a lot better with him to, to kind of be like this evil monster. And as crazy as Bray has been, he's wildly charismatic. So I could see a world where he's this crazy deranged baby face, like sort of like Mick Foley back in the day. Yeah. Um, so I could see that happening as well. But uh, no, I, I like I like the sort of Mad King thing where he's just like giant. He's he, no one can touch him. And he's just sort of but he's going to like sit on the throne, like losing his mind. Yeah. Right. Like eventually he's going to be beatable because he just has has you know beat to he's he's presided over too much too much uh, chaos yeah. you know? and it's big dog season man like the best and i'm gonna keep saying it man and until you guys get it drilled into your head humanoids roman reigns and braun Strowman, one of the greatest hoss feuds heavyweight matches of our generation oh, yeah. once we get a newly returned roman reigns like you mean you you just wait you just wait until Braun Strowman is the unlikable killing machine giant, and the only person that could stop him is the Samoan big dog. You just watch how over like rover that dude is when he finally makes his return and challenges them for the universal title on SmackDown. I can't wait for that. So if I'm if I'm if I'm running the territories, Braun runs this Braun holds that title until the big dog's time to take it over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that Yes, and that was supposed yes to, to be it was right. supposed to be Roman's title. It's supposed to be Roman yeah. and Goldberg, and he's never got that shot back. So, well, speaking of big dogs, the last match of the night has a couple of big dogs in it: Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton uh, for the WWE Championship. They've been doing a lot of cool re- re- uh, Legend Killer stuff with Randy. Most recently, he punted HBK Shawn Michaels, who came out in um, with m- maybe the most impressive beard <laughs> I've seen on a white man in some time. <laughs> Next uh, year, and. Next year's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I got nothing. I got see, I got the, there's a little bit of skin showing through under my lip, you know, in this little area. Shawn Michaels had just the solid block of like I live in the Arctic and have been bred for this sort of look to him. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, he got his uh, his NXT cap punted right off his head, mm-hmm. and then Randy Orton came in and, and delivered the RKO to Drew McIntyre when Drew came out for the save. Um, you know, this is a couple of big guys, man. They're, I mean, very talented, very talented WWE style performers, um, and they can put on a show. And I really hope that they, that they, you know, demand that of them and of each other uh, at SummerSlam because mm-hmm. this could be a whole lot of fun. You know, this could be this. I mean, th- this this has th- this looks like what you know Vince McMahon wants every major wrestling pay-per-view to look like, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and these are two guys who can actually pull it off if they're motivated. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, let's get our picks and get out of here. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Drew on this only because, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, but we're moving to the Thunderdome. It feels like a time for a reset, but like, and also an acknowledgement that like what we've been doing hasn't been working, not in an insulting, not in a someone fucked up sort of way, but in just like a, let's just start fresh. And I think, Everybody knows that none of you know the ratings, whatever. None of it's Drew's fault. He deserves a chance to shine, and has been he has been shining, but he 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 deserves a chance to perform on this new stage as the champ. So 
I'm going to say he gets he gets a run here too, but uh, you know I wouldn't be surprised either way. Nope, it's Randy season. <laughs> I think it's his all time. right, all right. <laughs> I think he's doing the best work of his career. I think yeah, uh, some of it, yeah. I think uh, for all the same reasons why I want Drew to get those uh, big arena looks is the reason why they're doing this Thunderdome. I feel like they need to kind of reshoot or if. <laughs> Do a reshoot of his of his amazing first WWE title win, and I think you do that in the Thunderdome, and you take that off the monster Randy that he's become. I think Randy's doing the best work of his career right now. He's gotten better with age. He's on fire. He's believable as a champion. I feel like he's got that he's got that sort of living legend status right now, and you know he's getting close to Ric Flair's record slash John Cena's record with most uh, title wins. And um, I think you, I think you pulled a trigger right here, man. Like I think Randy is the man of the moment. If there is an MVP of yeah. pro wrestling right now in all, every single uh, 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 territory, you wouldn't be hard pressed to pick Randy Orton. He's been absolutely on fire ever since he's gotten back, and you know. From Ed, the Edge uh, stuff, from even like the work he was doing with AJ and the Good Brothers, like he's just been clicking on all cylinders ever since. Like he's been the most focused I probably ever have seen him, from promos yeah. to wrestling matches to psychologically. Like he's just been so so good. It's it makes all the sense in the world to pull the trigger on Randy right now. I think you're right. I mean, he sort of combined his the original Legend Killer shtick, which was which is probably in a vacuum the best work he done he's done maybe up until now. To my personal favorite was when he was you know Triple H's crony, yeah, uh, and was and his gimmick was basically like I'm a little bit of a dick and I don't entirely deserve this, which is sort of the rap on it, <laughs> mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And that and so it made it it sort of wedged him in comfortably into the sort of reality era. Um, but this sort of squares the circle between those two. And I really, I love what he's been doing too. Um, I don't, Randy has always been a sort of in case of emergency break glass sort of champion and not in a good way. I guess like Undertaker used to be that guy, but Undertaker was like the biggest star in the company. You didn't need the belt. Randy's sort of like the guy you have isn't working and we don't have anybody else. So now you're the champ. Right. Right. But, but he does feel like he deserves it now. I don't, I'm not going to take that away from him. You got Orton. I got Drew McIntyre. We're going to come back next time. And next time, by the way, is going to be Sunday night immediately following the SummerSlam show. Well, we're going to record immediately after the SummerSlam show. So presumably not immediately, but like an hour later, we will have a podcast up talking about this. And whoever's right, uh, John's going to have a little prize prepared for us. That'll be exciting. And if you're right, and if Roman Reigns comes back, then you get a double prize. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen. So anyway, everybody check out. We're going to be back on Sunday night. Thank you for listening. We hope you listen then. Thank you, Kaz. Thank you, John. Uh, Apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see you back here on Sunday night, humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on The Masked Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on The Masked Man Show. 